When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. the ball don't lie right here on 1049 the horn we like to call it the hump day edition of ball don't lie right here on 1049 the horn we'll preview game three of the nba finals big game uh in terms of the momentum swings in the nba finals we'll break it down from every angle slap it up flip it and rub it down we'll also talk about some college football there are rumors that the new college football game may not happen. We'll tell you why. Also, Billy Lucci claims that the uh, rekindling of the Texas-Texas A&M rivalry will be in A&M. Uh, we'll hear that audio. We'll talk about that as well. We'll also get into re- more reflection on the Live and PGA uh, merger. We'll get to that discussion coming up in the top of the 4 o'clock and also play some audio uh, from Rory McElroy uh, and some of the other golfers and their response to the merger. Uh, we'll also break down some NFL news notes and nuggets. Cowboys right now in mini camps. We'll break that down and get into uh, another story that the NFL may be investigating multiple violators of the their gambling policy. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pivot ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mike hardball Hart. What's going on, brother? What it do, what it do. I'm so happy to be here. It is a hump day edition of Ball Don't Lie. Really excited to get into what's going to happen with this NBA playoffs. We're going to have my man Chris Amadeus. Uh, the president of the Round Rock Express. He's going to join us today to talk about everything that's going on because this is his favorite time, you know, high school baseball playoffs. That's what it's all about. Nice. But I wanted to uh, talk about my man that sits across from me. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babel. I appreciate the intro, uh, as as always. Uh, let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest-working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We're pretty damn sure that this man is underpaid. It's Patrick Davis, y'all. What's going on, Patrick? 
Oh, just living the dream. Uh, all right, we got the NBA playoffs to discuss. We'll break that down here in the first segment. So uh, if you want to be a part of the discussion, please do hit us up on the Specs text line. You're the uh, pulse and the heartbeat of this thing, 512-337-3776. Uh, you also can use the Twitterverse. You can hit up my man Harch at Hardball Harch in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis, and I'm at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. All right, guys, I asked you uh, after game two, if you guys had changed your tune about your gentleman's sweep, both of you guys picking the uh, Denver Nuggets to win in five games, this is a huge game. Game three on the road at Miami. And we talked about this, but I think this is where this discussion should start. We talked about this, and I brought this up um, after game two, and we discussed it. The Denver Nuggets are not a good road team. Matter right. of fact, they're a bad road team. <laughs> the argument can be made. 23 and 25. I mean, I'm not a losing record on the road. Uh, the Miami Heat, 6-2 and two at home in the postseason. And if you look at the Miami Heat right now, one of the things that I think they got going for them is that Jimmy hasn't gone off yet. Facts. Right? Maybe Jimmy's not going to go off. I don't mm-hmm. know. I got some numbers here I'll share with you guys in a second. Jimmy's... You know, since it seems like Jimmy has peaked at one point in the postseason. Yep. I don't know if yep, I'm not yep, saying yep, that yep, he yep. has, but there there are some numbers that would indicate that maybe he's peaked and he's never going to get back to that type of playoff Jimmy. Um, but beside that, I, I do think it's he's, he's going to have one breakout performance, one or two in these finals. I just don't know where it's going to be. There's a there's a high likelihood it could be in game three. And if it is, along with uh, with the way the supporting cast are playing right now for the Miami Heat, guys, I think they got a chance to steal Game Three because this is pivotal. You're you're Denver Nuggets. You definitely got to steal one of these games. Well, and is it more likely they steal Game Three or Game Four? Well, I think here's the deal because we were talking about this the other day, and I believe that there was a a stat that came out: if you win Game Three, you win like. 81% of the now. series. All so right. that's why this game is the most pivotal game as we look at it today. And I'm still looking at it as the gentleman's sweep. I still believe that they have mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. the uh, opportunity to do so because of the fact that look at how they won that game. It was a better shooting performance. And, of course, you gave the numbers the other day, Rod, talking about what they do in the fourth quarter. And this is something that they've done in the fourth quarter of the entire playoffs. Yes. So this is this is not just that one off in the game because most of the time all of their wins are coming from behind. If somebody decides that they want to play defense in the fourth quarter, then they will they they will stop them from winning the game. Easier so that said is than done. yeah. Easier if, said than done. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I said if <laughs> that was a big if the two letter <laughs> word that is a huge meaning behind it. But you sit here and you say. If they can go out there and decide, that's why I love what Michael Malone, not Mike, because he don't want to be called Mike anymore. Is that he wants true? To be called he doesn't want Michael. I saw that when he was arguing with wow. the official. Did you watch the official that was talking to him? He said Michael, Michael, and I'm like, I don't feel comfortable calling another grown man by their real name, I mean, Michael. Can, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't call you by your. Name Rod. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people it's all about what you prefer. To yeah, be but yeah. it is weird that he wouldn't have corrected that. He's been coaching for a long time now, right? Like why? I guess now why that now he is at the kind of the top of the mountain. You're for the him, bully out there, right? Now. He's in the yeah. finals for the first time as a coach. So I guess now he's like, hey, I'm on. I can. I'm on. I got this platform. Let me just say it while everybody exactly. I want are, everybody are li- to understand listening to me. Yeah. That's yeah. That's weird. You should have corrected that earlier. A long time ago, because then you would have been Michael a long time ago. And instead of Mike Malone, you were still going by. Yeah. Yeah, that's not, my that's name not is true. Michael. Yeah, he still calls him Pat Mahomes. And we have known for years that he just prefers Patrick. That his mother prefers uh, Patrick. Yeah, She's the one. True. She's like, no, my baby's name is Patrick. My mom calls me Michael. And, and she calls yeah. me by my middle name sometimes, too. Craig Way has multiple stories of parents reaching out to him. Uh, like when he's because he's calling games with Texas and like either via email yep. or via you know just uh, degrees of separation, somebody getting the word to him that uh, the mom prefers this or yes. the dad prefers this, and he's like, "Well, the kid has told has me. told me this is what I go by. <laughs> this is yeah. what I go by." So you're right about yeah. that. That's a good point. So there's a lot that needs to be <laughs> uncovered with that. But as I look at this in the way that he challenged his team about calling them out about their effort. 
their defensive effort in the fourth quarter, that's the biggest part that I think is going to be the biggest adjustment in this game. I know we're going to talk about the elevation and how they tripped and went down to the south and it's below sea level, all this other stuff. But at the end of it all, you need to make sure that you're being aggressive in the fourth quarter because that is what Michael Malone is asking of his team. <laughs> <laughs> Michael? Exactly. <laughs> well, should be playing the introduction for Hard Knock Life here. Put him Michael! Uh, okay, so you, you brought up two very good points, and we have audio. Uh, we have that Mike Malone clip after okay. uh, game two that we're going to play. But I want to play this Spolstra clip first. Spolstra is so damn fiery. Right. Uh, they say attitude reflects leadership. Mm-hmm. The, the Miami Heat, I mean— he said that the team was taking on the personality of Jimmy Butler, and I believe his quote is, uh, he is him, and he said, we are him and he is us, I believe it's a quote. We are him and he is us. Uh, but, man, Spolstra, maybe he's taking on the Jimmy Butler personality, too. I, mean, I think he's always been a little fiery. Yeah, he has. I think he's all, but I think now, Don't like, forget, he was the videotape guy. Yeah, I mean, just, just his path. Yeah. All yep, right, that yep. path will make you. The grind you, makes you You got to have some, yep. some testicular fortitude well, about I, you. I think also when you've been called uh, a bad coach and you've been you've been like, oh, no, it's just Pat Riley for a decade, and you're like, man, I got them receipts. Every single one of you told me I should have been fired 20 times. I'm not going to take your stupid questions. That's a great point, too, because the, cause it's either LeBron or Pat Riley. Nobody want to give him credit. Yeah. Like, oh, and he's, like, he's like, y'all all have said I'm terrible for a decade. <laughs> yeah. And then now you're like, hey, Spolster, you're so good. And he's like, no, no, no. It's like, I, I got him. I got them receipts. That's a good oh, Because he's fiery. Yep. I need, we're going to play the first. This is the first question, actually, in one of his. I think it was before game two. Is it right? I believe this is. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it may be before game one. It could have been before game one and game two. It was before one of the games up up, up in up in Denver. Uh, but even after this, <laughs> the audio is someone asked him about the culture. He's like, hey, Spoke, you just about the culture? And he's like, I don't want to talk about that. Nobody wants to hear about that. Everybody's heard about that. You can you can go Google articles about the culture. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> he just said he wanted to talk about yeah. that. He's like, everybody knows about that. Give me something else. It was, it, he, is, he is on one right now. And I like it. I yep. like it. I don't know. I'm telling you, man. The more you do deep dive and rabbit holing about the, the Miami Heat, you like them. But here's the audio. This is like the first question that was asked in the media availability. And it was about the, you know, the elevation and all that kind of stuff. Here is Eric Spolstra. How much of an effect can the altitude uh, issues that we hear about for teams coming in here, how much of an effect can that have? And if it's more than zero, uh, what are keys to getting through that we're not even getting into any of that stuff uh, our guys are in great shape they're ready to compete uh, if uh, Denver wants to tip this thing off at the top of uh, Everest we'll do that um, this thing is going to be decided between the four lines uh, you know they also got to come back to Miami if we want to make it a, a, about that we'll turn off the air conditioning they got to play in uh, 90 degree uh, humidity uh, sap the SH out of their legs. This thing is going to be decided between those four lines. Um, and we'll decide it then. <laughs> it's awesome. Shout yeah. out to my man, Matt Bolo, who uh, sent me that clip. Yeah, man, it's, he is, I mean, he, he's on one and he's fiery. And it's crazy that he would reference, um, because the, yep. I, the Spurs, sorry, Patrick, the only time I kind of remember a team actually doing it to a player was when they did it to LeBron. Yeah. They sweated him out. Yep. In the mouth. And Spolster was there to witness it. Like, are they really going to just sweat us out in the finals? The Spurs sweated the they best did. player in they, the planet. They, they, come on. You never, you never in Texas had your AC go out. <laughs> Nothing you could do about it. Oh, really? Yeah. You got to wait for a part to come in. That was amazing. That was. We, still, we don't talk enough about that, guys. Come on. Yeah. We got to talk more about that. That's br- Now in retrospect. Man, can we give the Spurs even more credit? They won a game because they sweated out LeBron James because he was having cramping issues. And it was like, can we make him sweat a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Unless we can turn it. AC we can, can go out. We can turn it <laughs> off completely. We can have some somebody go up there and take a part out that we really <laughs> need. And uh, it'll go out in about six hours once that part's out. Done. Yeah. Oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, yeah, that was amazing. 
And was nobody, that part of that book that you man, gave Patrick no, yesterday? It should have been. Maybe it is. Nobody criticizes Spurs for that. And all, all Spurs fans know it, too. They're like, yeah, we, we got him on that one. They sweat it out, LeBron. A young, it is prime LeBron James. LeBron James. Oh, man. They knew he had uh, went out downtown. Brought him to Texas. That. Yeah, yeah, brought him to Texas and, t- and turned the AC off on the man. That is inhumane. Right. We put people and, in jail for doing that to their and, pets and in Texas. Yeah, it's, exactly. also not the, it's also exactly. not the worst thing we did to LeBron. <laughs> the worst thing is when we swept him in the final because Mike Brown was calling Spurs plays. Uh, yeah. And he, oh, they could hear true. him and he could hear him call the plays and they're like, "Yeah, we run that. That's in our playbook. We know what we know how to defend this." <laughs> yeah, that's true, but still, that's just coaching, you know, this this the, the incompetence. Yes. <laughs> I'm talking about practice. Yes, yes you yeah. know what I mean? I'm talking about y'all turning the AC out on everybody. Yes. Just to affect one man. <laughs> Love and, it. And everybody being on board with it. And yeah. no, nobody ever bring it up again, acting like it's not a big deal. Did the, did the AC ever go out again? Yeah, oh, tons of times. You know, always. Oh, yeah, yeah, Just yeah. usually it wasn't on a game Can day. Can I get some documented evidence of it going out again on a, during a Spurs game? <laughs> it going out on the biggest games in the history of the San Antonio Spurs? Yeah. Damn, Popovich, you are brilliant. <laughs> Him and Belichick have more in common than you think. I'm telling you. Yeah, I don't want to say yeah. it. Him and Belichick, I want, oh, and they it, work well together. <laughs> they work well together. They Dude, probably Belichick, have great I'm meetings sure. behind the oh, scenes with each man. other. That's They're brilliant. probably on the boats together talking about how can we piss people off every wow. day. Let's just do it. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Man, Patrick, you, no, you know, you know, it's just still things that happen. Yeah. Maybe a bat got into it. You know, there's problems with bats. Maybe a bat got into the AC. I was at, that's why Matt Mono's the man. He caught a bat with his damn bare hands, didn't he? Yeah. Swatted it away. Yeah. Right? yeah. Made Batman him Batman Mono. at the time. <laughs> all right. Anyway, getting back to it. Sorry, Patrick. I just, <laughs> I, that Spo brought that up. Uh, you also brought up Mike Malone and how yep. disgruntled and upset he was after game two. Remember, he criticized his team after the win. In game one. Yes, he did. He was critical then. Um, here is him after game two, uh, after they lost, and you can imagine he was not very happy. Mm-hmm. And tonight, you know, that the starting line- lineup to start the game is 10 to 2 Miami. Start the third quarter, they scored 11 points in two minutes and 10 seconds. Um, and we just got, you know, we had guys out there that were just, whether feeling sorry for themselves or not making shots or thinking they can just turn it on or off. Um, this is not the preseason. It's not the regular season. It's not round. This is the NBA Finals, and that to me is really, really perplexing, disappointing. And I asked the team, I asked our players, you guys tell me why we lost, and they knew the answer. Miami came in here and outworked us, and we were by far our least disciplined game of these 16 or 17 playoff games, whatever it is now. So many breakdowns. And they exploited every one of those breakdowns and scored. So um, if we're going to try to go down there and regain control of the series and get home court advantage back, we're going to have to outwork Miami, which we didn't do tonight. And our discipline is going to have to be off the charts. All right, there you go. Um, can they outwork Miami? Because that's that's Miami's yep. mo. That's I who mean, they are. That's their that's their culture, right? They're all grinders. We're yeah, we're yep. underdogs. Yep. We got dog mentality. We're not the most talented, but we can out coach you. And when it comes to mm-hmm. culture, our culture's better. Yep, our culture's better, and our coaching's better. You got more talent. We know that. And that was the conversation you were having yesterday about culture and mm-hmm. what's the expectation of each culture. And the fact that Miami is that, the hard workers, the ones that go out there, it may not be pretty. I saw an interview with Bam Adebayo yesterday and how he was talking about, we don't care, we get it out the mud. It's just whatever it's going mm-hmm. to be is what it's going to be. <laughs> we, don't, we don't care what you think of us. Mm-hmm. We don't care if y'all like our style. We're going out there just to get victories. In the race, to your point, Rod, of what you asked Patrick and I, if we still believed that this was going to be a gentleman's sweep, it's the first one to four. It's the first one to four. And I still believe that Denver has what it takes to be a champion. Now there's going to be a lot that goes into this. What is Jamal Murray going to do? What are the role players? Uh, KCP, is, is, is he going to be able to play a lot better Uh, What is Aaron Gordon's role? Michael Porter Jr., is he going to play harder on the defensive end? He's been terrible offensively. Right, and going back to that, he's got to shoot the ball better. But it's it's all about the hustle plays to me. You have to be able to make hustle plays. And look, if I don't think Miami can continue to shoot this clip, but maybe they can. And I don't think Denver will continue to shoot as poorly as they shot in the first two games. Yeah, And these were two close games that Miami gave everything they had to 
played about as well as they could, especially in game two, and they won one by three points. And that's playing really hard, good basketball. I don't know if they can keep doing that over a seven-game series. I don't think they can keep – I think you go back to Miami and, you know – now, the good part is they have a lot of guys, so if one guy's not hitting, you kind of go to the next guy and you try and figure out who's hitting, and Denver doesn't have that. But at the same part, if you get a couple guys not hitting and then that defense starts to slip because they're not hitting shots, it goes downhill very quickly. And I, we basically see there's there's almost no chance that Miami boat races Denver in this series at all. But Denver could easily win two of these games by 30 points and no mm-hmm. one bad night because all you got to do is go out and they miss some shots early and then Denver just rolls on them. And then, it may, I mean, maybe it'll be a 15-point game at the end of the game because Jimmy Butler will refuse to sit on the bench yeah. and come back in and try and score at the end. But, I mean, it just – if you – watching these two teams – Denver plays a much better offensive style, and they have the best player in the NBA on their team. And I think Jokic is probably getting a little annoyed when they keep going about these undrafted players and they're acting like he was a first overall pick. It's like, man, I was 41st overall. Exactly. You can't act like Jamal Murray's never made an all-star team. MJP, Michael Porter Jr., no one thought he was going to be able to come back from his back injuries. Contavious Caldwell-Pope's been cut from multiple teams. Like, Peel didn't want him. They didn't re-sign him. Let him go wherever he wants. Aaron Gordon got traded for almost nothing because Orlando was sick of him and wanted to get rid of him. It's not like this Denver team is the Heatles. It's not like they were put together as, oh, man, these guys are going to be world beaters. They're a team of guys that really wanted to prove everybody wrong about them. And Miami's trying to kind of steal that thunder from them going, we're going to prove it. We're the better team. Like, no, we're that team, too. Yeah. We have good culture too. We have all of those things that you that you build on. We have them too. We were just a better team all season. We have a better player than you. We have uh, we have a second player that's way better than your second best player. I don't get why and I get I get it because Miami's played hard, but I don't I don't think where it's it, whenever you look at this, it requires Miami to play at such an insane level for game after game to continue in this series and Denver Played really not that great in game two and lost by three. Uh, no, I, I, that's a great point. I, I will counter with this. It, it honestly, nope. I'm just, I'm not taking any shots. It sounds very similar to what everybody has said about the Miami Heat yep. every round of the playoffs. It does versus the 76ers versus the Celtics. It, it sounds it's the same thing. It's yep. not sustainable. The other team is better. What I mean, they can't do it. They can't do it in seven games. There's no. I mean, you you'll admit, right? Sounds yep. like everybody has said that, and, and everybody was like, "Oh, that's a really good point." And then Miami Heat do what they do, which is continue to defy the odds. Yeah, they continue like so. My, my thing is, I, I get all that, and I, I agree with everything you said. But the truth is, Miami doesn't make sense, guys. They don't make sense. We, we're yep. trying to make sense of it because we're breaking it down, all right, from with the numbers, the analytics, and, you know, oh, well, this is why their culture makes sense. This is why they're good, too. You know, the home, yep. home court advantage and being on the road, all these things. Miami makes no sense. Betters are 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 stopping betting Miami. I, I I saw Bill Simmons had a whole take was like, don't bet Miami ever. Don't don't bet it. Just don't bet them. They don't make yep, sense. They don't make sense because betters betters need numbers. They need logic so they can come to a reasonable, rational conclusion. Like, oh, this is going to happen. Oh, this number will match up with this number. They they don't make sense, guys. Yeah, I, I can give you <laughs> I can give you a number of stats about it. All right, but they 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 make no sense at all. And the first thing is their three point shooting. Right, the three point yeah. shooting doesn't make any sense at all. They have the biggest leap in in the history of the play in history of the NBA for a team in the regular season to the postseason in terms of their three point shooting. We've never seen a, right. a team take right. a bigger leap in the uh, playoffs from their regular season. They were shooting, I think, like thirty four percent of regular season, and now they're damn near close to forty percent. And every time they shoot really high, only time they go above 45% or 40 and they've shot 60 50%, 54%, 51%, 50%, 48% twice all in these playoffs. 45% if you throw that out there. That's all been in these playoffs. Yep. Everybody keeps saying, unsustainable. Even I said it. Yeah. I remember saying yeah, it. Yeah, we Poor were all saying it. I don't think I this is going to work. They can't yeah. sustain that, guys. You can't do that. They keep doing it. Amazing how they keep they doing keep it. Doing, we keep saying, oh, man, when they're down, you know, uh, double digits, no way they're going to be able to come back. 
Well, that was their seventh double-digit comeback win of the postseason, tied for the most such wins in a single postseason in the last 25 years. People saying, there's no way they can keep doing that. Mm-hmm. They were down eight points with 12 minutes left in that game with Jimmy Butler on the bench. And then all of a sudden he comes back in, <laughs> like no, no, Patrick no, no, said. No, 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 no. They actually flipped the lead before he yeah. came back. Before, no, yeah, they was, had yeah, the lead. Yeah, they had a five-point yeah, right. lead when he, when he came back that's into right. the game and eight minutes right. left. And everybody's like, well, how the hell did they do that? No, dude, I, I get what you're saying. No. But I'm telling you right now, Miami don't make sense. If Miami wins game three, they're going to win this series. They win game three, they're winning this series. Well, that, the, I'm the telling numbers you right say now, that the too. numbers say that too. Yeah, yeah the numbers say that too. They're going to win this too. series. I'm telling you right now, I'm starting to move toward Miami. No, and I get I'm it. I'm trying and to move toward Miami, man, because you keep talking about how Denver hasn't played a great game. They don't play great games, so they're going up against Miami. Who's making it tough for them? Mm-hmm. That's partially <laughs> true. That's partially I, I mean, I think the biggest difference is when I watch Phoenix in the first two games, or uh, Philadelphia in those first two games, you went, oh, yeah, Miami can beat them. And when I watch Boston in those first two games, you go, oh, Miami's going to beat them. And then you watch this series and you go, oh, no, Denver's going to beat them. When you just watch those series through the first two games, that Philadelphia and my and and Boston looked outmatched. They did. They looked scared. They didn't look like they wanted to be there. They didn't look tough enough to be in there, right? But when you see Denver, Denver's in there. They win game one. They were right in in game two. And in all reality, as much as we say they need to play a little bit better defense, they need to fix some other things. If they score one fifteen, they win every game. They score one fifteen. Miami won't outscore them at one fifteen. And so that's defense. It's hard to play, but they're real close to it. And they're real close to it, but they just need that. That's the number. You need to get to 115. Whether that means you need to go harder in the first half and go, hey, man, when we're having that run, don't like foot, like press harder. Like go harder at that run to try and go up, you know, 30. Do not pull a starter right then. Try and build that lead as much as you can because we just need to score 115. And they're going it in spurts because Miami does shut them down in that half court, they slow the game down. And it really slows and messes up uh, Denver, especially when they started to bounce off and they were doing switches on everybody and really just taking away passing lanes. It was a great defense, just amazing defense they were able to do. But it's it's a few points. It's literally a few more points, it, which I'll say as somebody, I picked Denver. I think Denver's going to win. I love watching this series because it is a few points and you're like, oh, it could go either way in every one of these games. So that's... When we've seen a bunch of these series be kind of bad and blowouts and everything else, I love the fact that I'm watching tonight and I go, I don't expect it. I expect it to be single digits. That's why the line is two and a half. Yeah, I, I expect, I expect yeah. it to be single digits. Yeah. No matter who wins. Game. This is a guy to have a game. Yep. There ain't no way. Of, yes. guy, if, if, if Denver gets down, Denver's a bad road team. I'm yep. telling you guys that. They're 23 and 25 on the road. They're bad on the road. They're not even average. They're bad on the road. This Miami's is really good. This is a gotta have it game. Yep. And if they, if Jimmy, if Jimmy, playoff Jimmy comes out, we haven't seen him. I'll, I'll give you a stat because honestly, he's trending, and I, I I love me some Jimmy. But the truth is, Hammy. I think he might have peaked, or at least the numbers would suggest that maybe he's peaked since he sprained his ankle at the end of game one against the Knicks. He's shooting just forty one percent from the floor, thirty one percent from three point range. Um, and, and since game two against the Celtics, his true shooting percentage is below 50%. Mm. So truthfully, he hasn't, he's been trending the wrong way. And I wonder if he's worn out, but we know he got heart. I was going to say, he may Ooh. be worn out, but the things that he do, that he does on the, on other parts of the game yes. where he's not scoring, because if you've been watching some of the shots, it looks more and more like he's shooting line drives. He doesn't even have the proper arc that he once yeah. did on certain I shots. And I'm like, man, why is his shot looking so flat? Maybe going back to your 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 point about how, hey, man, some things aren't there because of how he's feeling. But them as a team, you have to, you have to look at it. Duncan Robinson, I was talking about him the other day. The way that he's played here recently, yeah. I think he's got the fountain of youth or something like that. He's trying to find it. But he didn't find it until the fourth quarter. No, it, we no, didn't find it until the fourth quarter, I, that, where that, the numbers start to flip. For you got to give you got to give credit to Spolster in that in oh, that yeah. moment too to get to get these guys ready for those moments. By the way, if people are asking, Tyler Hero is still out for game yeah, three. He's, be out. he's been ruled out for game three, so he won't be back. Yeah. Uh, but to be able to get guys ready like Duncan Robinson, go, man, we paid you ninety million dollars because we know what you can do. It's in your head while you're not playing as well. Mm-hmm. So you just need to go back out there and then show these people, everyone who pr- said that you. You sucked and you stole money and all that. Go, go show them some. 
And he's done it just well enough in moments and then showed up really big in other moments. But that's what you do when you basically make everyone on your team be able to be a star in a moment and no one is afraid of the moment, which I think that's one of the reasons why Jimmy has not been seen as much is because they're double teaming him and his plan is to basically, hey, let's take the best possible shot. Let's take open threes. Let's find the open guy. We trust everyone can be the hero of the game. Mm. And so if Jimmy but if they're really focusing on him and they're putting their best defender on him and helping off on him, then they're helping off on somebody else. Well, go go of- score. If they're helping off of you, Duncan, go put up 12 in their face, and they'll be like, okay, crap. No, we can't help off him. we got to help off Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin hits two threes. Uh, we can't help yeah. off them. But that's imprinting in everybody in your team's head. It doesn't – I trust you to take the shot. Mm-hmm. You, I trust you implicitly to take the shot. I don't, I don't care. You're never going to walk back to the bench, and I'm going to be mad at you for taking that shot if you're open. Which, which, does, yeah. which in in the in the modern NBA, that's you know, what I mean? that it's, it's nonsensical. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's why I think they they really are. They still they play zone. Yep. They play a lot of zone. Yeah. They started out the game. I believe if you look at they started out that game playing man. Jokic rolls to the bench. They throw the zone out because they were like, oh, the number two group. Oh, they definitely can't handle the zone, especially now without Jokic out there. He's the ultimate problem solver. And then in the fourth quarter, they played a ton more zone in the fourth quarter. And essentially, it kind of screws up the two-man game between Murray mm-hmm. and Jokic. They can kind of choke the lifebloods out of the passing lanes. And we got into how you know Jokic as a scorer, remember, he's got to be a creator. Score is different. He's got to be a creator. Look yeah. at points created game one. He's at fifty eight points created game two. He's at fifty. Think about this. I'll give you. I'll give you a great little uh, uh, nugget here. Then we'll go to the break because we got to get into some uh, other topics. But okay, so Bam Adebayo ended up with four assists, just like Jokic, right? Yep. Uh, they both ended up eleven points created off those assists. One of those players was tied for the most passes in the game with 67. It's got to be think it was? Bam out of Bayou. It was Bam, baby. It ain't yep. Jokic. Yep. They're choking the passing lanes. They, they just don't want him being able to pass it. They got to figure out something, and whether it be moving guys around a little bit more, uh, they got to open up the passing lanes. They need to create more yeah. space. And I think, him. again, I told you, I think they're going to let Jamal Murray run the offense a little bit more to be able to start if you're, everyone is worried about the passing lane between Jokic and the players, and so you that means other passing lanes are open, right? Which means if you're playing on the perimeter now, now things move around. Now those guys are just basically trying to play on you for th- playing inside out. If you start playing outside in, it changes up how the defense is trying to match up against you because now they can't play those passing lanes anymore. And now when you go inside, it's harder for them to switch back into, okay, now we're going into this. So I figure we're going to see Jamal Murray, the ball in his hands a little bit more in this game. I like that. Maybe that's the counter to what uh, essentially Spo did was start Kevin Love. Um, Kevin Love putting the body on Aaron Gordon, which allowed Jimmy Butler to switch over to Jamal Murray a little bit more, and he was able to, to um, stifle. Also, Kevin Love's a really good passer. Number. He's a uh, great he's a, he's a passer. really good passer too. Yes. So, so you, you add another guy in there yeah. that can offensively the move the ball around. Stop when yes. the ball gets to him. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. No, and yep. so I wonder what it'll be. But that's the chess match between the two. Uh, but it's gonna be really listen. It's all about the fourth quarter, though. Uh, in yep. a nutshell, it's all about the fourth quarter. Uh, right now, Miami, it's a crazy, freaky number. They are plus ninety right now. I was gonna say it's they a, are. Yeah. Yeah, they it, it, it's silly. unbelievable. They are yeah yep. in fourth quarter point differential. They are plus ninety. By the way, in quarters one through three, they are negative in each of those quarters. Yeah, yeah. I believe they're negative twenty four combined in the first three quarters. Plus ninety. <laughs> right now, in the in, overall in the playoffs, so uh, fourth quarter ninety, they, 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 and they, they've been trailing a ton yep. in the fourth quarter. They always find a way to win. All right, we come back. We'll get into the uh, video game. Apparently, the college football video game uh, it's in danger. Yep, uh, it may be in danger. We'll tell you why. Uh, also, bring back Rod B. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to bring back Rod B. I'll take that check down. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. uh, but and also, one of the Aggie faithful claims that he's got inside information that the Aggies will get the first home game when they rekindle the Texas Tech Zenit rivalry. We'll play that audio for you. Coming up next, right here on Ball Don't Lie, one four nine horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is uh, the hump day edition of Ball Don't Lie, but more importantly, that means it is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. And, man, uh, that's when Patrick plays sounds from a soundtrack that are supposed to give Harge and I clues and hints, little breadcrumbs that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And who is this? Can what band? The, yeah. Can the Bangles. Okay. All right, Howard, you're better at this than I am. I'm just going to throw it out there because I think it's the appropriate time for it to be going on. Have no clue. I'm just going to say summer school. It is not summer school, no. Okay. That's good. No, yeah. I like like that guess. It's summer school. I I think I've seen summer school, You probably have. Okay, is it over there? Mark like, Harmon. Yeah, Mark yeah, Harmon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he's yeah. a teacher. Or yeah, he's like the that. teacher. Okay, he's the cool teacher. And then yeah, he's like, the cool teacher. And she kept trying to holler at the cool teacher. And there's like a student that's trying to holler at him. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. I think her name is. Uh, she's one of the '80s hotties. Yes. She's one of the hotties in the '80s movies. I was I gonna say her. Courtney Thorne, maybe. I don't is know, that her name? but I, I had a crush on her. She was great. Yeah, yeah, she was fantastic. Uh, okay, all right. Mm. Now you got me looking up Courtney Thorne. No, if it's who I think it is, it's the girl yeah. from the movie. I like her. No, I know. Me too. She was she was great. I would love to see what she looks like today. She she was great. She was. Oh, yep. It's Courtney Thorne Smith because she ended up going on uh, Two and a Half Men. She was on Two and a Half Men. Well, I didn't watch Two and a Half I Men. I did. Oh, my gosh. Two and a Half Men is one of those shows. I know, I know it was a hit show. Yeah. It's one of those shows that, you know, it's like Mila Kunis to me. Like, it's something everybody thinks is great, but I'm just not into. I, you know I mean? love Charlie Sheen in the yeah, way that he goes just, about his life. So I'm not hating on it. Yeah. I, I know people like it, but it's just I just wasn't I wasn't into it. Yeah. yeah. And then, then after that, because uh, Charlie Sheen got in trouble, and then he was done. They switched up the characters, yeah, too. Yeah, when... when uh, Mina Kunis is uh, Ashton Kutcher. Oh, yeah. Ashton Kutcher. When, when her when her when her yeah, boo came on, yeah, that's, yeah, it was terrible. Oh, it was terrible. I ended up losing. I, oh, I ended up like stop it watching it. Wow. It was Charlie that was there Charlie for was me. The key. Yeah, Charlie was the key for okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Right. There you go. See, I didn't watch it, but there yep. you go. Recommendation from Harge. There you go. Uh, all right, let's get to this audio from um, an an insider. From the Aggie Nation, <laughs> my man Billy Lucci. You know Billy Lucci. I do know Billy Lucci. I'm sure. Lucci. Yep. Um, uh, he is the uh, executive editor and co-owner of Texax, and he was on the Paul Feinbaum show. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was talking about a number of different things, but they talked about the Texas, Texas and rivalry, and of course them rekindling that rivalry uh, uh, and reviving it once Texas goes into the SEC. I'll just—it's about nine. It's a little bit long, but there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, but he claims, based on his sources, that the first meeting um, when Texas, Texas and them meet again will be in Aggieland. Here is uh, the audio. And the big debate, you know, Ross has dug his line in the sand. He's drawn his line in the sand that the first game is going to be played right here across the street at Kyle Field. Uh, Chris Del Conte acts like he's not aware of that at all. That's going to be pretty fascinating. But by the way, why, why is that for those of us who, who, who may, may have forgotten? Why is what? Why, did why Ross is the game? Uh, why does Ross so uh, Sherman-esque about that? It's pretty interesting. I mean, he's, he's basically said that the league or Sankey have indicated to him that that's where the first game will be played. Um, if you're going to draw that line in the sand, it, it, it needs to end up that way. You and I both know that because if, if that first game is played in Austin, uh, there's going to be a lot of upset fans. Hey, hey, Billy, is that, is that because uh, there, there's still people in, in, in Aggie Land who feel like <laughs> they, they, they had a belief that this would never happen? Yeah, I do think that's I do think that's the crux of it, and that's at the root of it. And uh, it's almost like, uh, hey, you owe us one after all that. And and I don't I don't think the SEC would think of it that way. Uh, they certainly wouldn't say, hey, we owe you one. We're going to do this. But 
it sure seems to me like uh, the A&M athletic director has been led to believe that, or, or even told that that first game is going to be there. Oh, that's good. You owe us one, man. Hey, hey, I I don't know what else is going on, but you know you owe us one. Like, (laughs) what do we owe you? I think that, honestly, I think that was probably the most honest moment of the interview for Billy Lewis. Like, because he's he's got like, so what do you justify? What's the rationale for (laughs) them believing they're going to get the home game when Texas resume, Texas taking them to resume the robbery? And he's like, man, man, you owe us one. Just believe you owe us one. (laughs) You owe us a little something, something. You could, you could hear him start sweating when Paul Feinbaum asked him the first question. <laughs> yes. You could hear him start yes. sweating and just be like, where he's like, no, 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 remind me. Remind <laughs> me. Where did you make this up? <laughs> remind me where you just said it as CDC seems to believe that this isn't a thing. He's like, yeah, because no one thinks this is a – you're the only people who have said this. You are the mm-hmm. only one so you that can't, have said you this. So you can't go, no, CDC's this crazy one. like, no, because only Aggies believe this. So you can't act like CDC's crazy when the rest of the world is in one camp of, oh, we don't know. We have no idea. We'll figure that out when the, when the time comes. We have no idea. It doesn't really matter that much. And you're in the camp of, if this doesn't happen, we're going back to the Big 12. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're going to blow everything up. We're blowing it up happened. again. And it, I think they, it's, it's, they've been hurt on multiple fronts, the, the Aggie Nation, and I get it. Because when they went to the SEC, Longhorn fans and people in the Big 12 mocked and ridiculed them. <clears throat> all right. Uh, by the way, I did not. I remember going on the airways and saying they're going to win double-digit games when they go to the SEC, and I was right. <laughs> all right, I didn't for I didn't was that for, Black Stradamus? That was Black Stradamus. I didn't no. foresee Johnny Manziel and all that. But I was like, no man, they got Texas talent, dude. Texas talent can 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 compete with anybody. Yeah, they'll be in the mix. <laughs> if, it's well, if it's well coached, Texas talent, yeah. they're good. Um, and it was a good move for the Aggies, which I said at the time. I was like, this is a good move, good move for them. They they need to do it. They're not. I need to shut off Texas anymore. And everybody mocked and ridiculed them for the most part, though. And they were right, right. In retrospect, they were right to yep. go to the SEC. Mm-hmm. Texas stayed in the Big 12, which was a underperforming, underachieving conference. And, yes, they got the Longhorn Network and all that, and that was great. But, yeah, you got money from Longhorn Network, but what else did you get from it? <laughs> was it the game changer that everybody thought it was going to be? No. No. They it's just not. got a lot of money. They just play a lot of they play reruns. Yep. <laughs> I was just a, watching one a minute ago. Yeah, and it's a great place for them to develop talent for ESPN, and they should have kept doing it, but now they don't even do that anymore. So, yep. it, so my, my point is – Texas didn't get as much from staying in the Big 12 they thought. And in, when you start looking at the uncertainty of the landscape of college sports, Texas looked at everything and said, you know what, no, we can go, to, we can go anywhere we want. We can go to Pac-12. We can go to Big 10. Yep. We can go independent. All right, We can go to ACC. We can do whatever we want because we're Texas and we're the hottest chick on the dance floor. All right, everybody wants to dance with us. We may not know how to and you dance. Know what? We, may, we dance. may not know yeah. how to dance, yeah, but exactly. we're going to be looking but good. We, everybody, everybody's coming up. We might yep. dance by our damn self. Yep. We, that, yep. we are that coveted. And everybody would watch us dance by ourselves because we're that damn sexy. Yep. But we chose to go to the SEC. And, and it was like, you mocked us. You, you said we were some scrubs and we, that we couldn't win the Big 12. Why we go to, you can't win the Big 12. Why you, what? Why are you, what? now you coming where we, where we were going? Like, yeah, actually, you, you had a good idea. Mm-hmm. But now we want some of that too. And they literally left to get from underneath the shadow of Texas, and now they believe like the shadow is following them. Like they, they were trying yep. to run. You're like Jason and Friday the 13th. Like wa- Texas <laughs> walking their way there, and Dan has been running from Texas. They're like, Texas is now here? They, what? They hey, came back? It's the tor- tortoise and the hare. Yeah. They and just it, showed up, right? And they're not scared to play Texas, I don't think. No. But I do think there's an annoyance that nobody wants to give them credit that they were right. They were right to go to the SEC. The SEC, it, they, 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 they were right before everybody else figured it out that mm-hmm. it was going to be the pinnacle of college sports, that and the Big Ten. And I think even more so the Big Ten because they got sexier stars and blue bloods than the Big Ten. You know, the Big Ten's got big money, though. Yeah, they got a lot of they money. They got a lot of there. money, as yeah. we know, as yeah. live, as GPGA. <laughs> they got money, big money. So I think that's what annoys them, and that's why it's like, you owe us one, man. You told us when we came here, don't worry about Texas coming. Texas believes they're too high for Remember, academically, Texas wasn't a fit for the SEC. We're more Big Ten. We're more Pac-12. I mean, even ACC, academically. The yep. SEC is beneath us. And I was like, and I was like, now you're going to the SEC? I remember all this discussion because I was on radio at the time. And we all remember it. Yep. Now we act like we don't remember it because we know we get to go troll the Aggies with it. But we mocked them, and they were right. And nobody will tell them that. And they want people to tell them that. And they believe. They have a banner for it. Yeah, they believe you owe them one because <laughs> it was like, man, we came to get, we gave the SEC to Texas market. It was us. We gave it to you. Yeah, it but you us. were not the one that they wanted. 
I, no, I agree. That's, that's, that's I agree. Point, but they want loyalty for they want loyalty points for doing it first, way before Texas decided to do it. And I was like, so now Texas is doing what we're doing, but everybody wants to give us credit for forging the path. Roy McElroy and Tiger Woods want money because they tried to stay loyal, and they ended up getting changed. Right? Mm-hmm. It ended up flipping. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening to Texas and it them. Is. It's, it's like exactly right. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for getting us in the market. Matter of fact, we want to appreciate you so much. We're going to have you play Texas in Austin. I hope they don't do it. I hope they give it to the Aggies. No, I, wa- I, I want it in Austin just, just because I, I want them to I hope they, I hope they flip a coin who, and who I don't care. We'll beat them in Aggie land. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, I don't, just like it we did for really the last matter. one. We'll beat them there. We don't care. It's I, the Aggies. Do no. we really care when we play the Aggies? No. no <laughs> it's, it's more, it's more along that. the line. We care when we play Oklahoma. It, yeah. It's more along the line yeah. of not letting them even win that. That's more see, what it is. See, I don't see that as you go. That, and no. that's really that's what spiteful. it is. That's spiteful. That's be spiteful and bit. petty. Where is that? Well, no, but you're, like, you're like, hey, man, <laughs> just if y'all would have come out and been like, hey, we deserve the first one because you guys did it. And they would be like, okay, yeah, you can have the first one. But if you're going to be like, we've agreed to this. You're like, no one has agreed to this. When you just lie. To, to make stuff factual, then I say, forget you. You guys are done. We'll play them all in Austin. Every other year we'll play in Austin, and you get nothing <laughs> until you start learning to be truthful. <laughs> I, I think it's a company line that they're throwing out there, and I think that's for their constituents who yeah. feel like I just expressed to you guys that they've been wrong. And I, I, I agree. It's, it, it's not a true slight because <laughs> it's just business. Right. Um, but I think they're taking it's never it. personal. They're taking it personal. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. The and I, it is. And I get it's it, man. Personal. I get it. I'd be the, upset too. The one, the one I don't get is that everyone in Texas, well, not everybody probably, but most of us that like sports, all like, man, I can't wait for that rivalry to come back. And then the other side of the rivalry is like, no, we don't ever want to play. You're like, why? Why do you not want this thing that's good for all of us? Well, the Aggies want to play. They want to play. But they they want it on their terms. They did, exactly. But they yeah, did it for years. Yeah, they want to play yeah. on their terms. Yeah. They didn't for years. They said, we were not. We're not doing non-conference. We're not doing any of this. And I get that. Well, that was before Texas became, uh, obviously, a member of the SEC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For now the, now, now, now that they, they're now, there, they're now, like, yeah, now they don't have a choice. They're like, yeah, we're on board. Yeah, we're no, on no. board when we and don't I, have a choice. And I, and I get why they didn't want to play Texas when Texas wasn't in the SEC. Because, honestly, they, they had more to lose than to gain at that point from it. Because they were already getting market share of the state from the move to the SEC. They were, they, their market share had grown. All right. And Texas didn't have as much of a monopoly on the state because Texas wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. So why go play Texas and then sell it? And then Texas beats you. And then it's like your market share shrinks because Texas is better than Texas and m And when you can leave it open for debate and go, well, we don't know who's better. My recruiting classes are just as good. Right now we caught a lot of money at Texas and m got facilities, that kind of stuff. So I, it wasn't in their best. By the way, it wasn't in Texas' best interest either, actually. Right. Because you could lose that game and then you, you want, it wasn't like you were dominating it. Yeah. Now it is. Now that you're a better program, it is. But honestly, a couple of years ago, it wasn't your best interest. You might got mollywopped all over the field. No, no. And this is not, <laughs> but this is not from Boom. talking from Texas standpoint or AM's. This is talking from a fan standpoint. Yeah. From a, as a fan of watching that game, I want to watch that game. I agree. And that that's more of what I'm saying is I, I think it's silly when oh, the fans when we get it back and but this is the SEC having the eight game schedule and all that stuff where it's like, look, we're giving you enough fans. Just deal with it. We do not care about your enjoyment <laughs> if it means that we may miss out on this thing that we didn't really earn because we don't want to play the hardest people. Like that that's where it gets it's frustrating college football when they when they don't have the rank. That's why I'm happy they're expanding the playoffs a little bit more. Yeah. That when you can just kind of politic your way to a national championship, and you have to be good, but you can politic around some of the... Yes. I, we, we played the 45th toughest schedule, and no, we're the best team, right? But you didn't play no... You right. actively avoided better teams. Yeah, you'll see, you'll get exposed in, in an expanded playoff. And a, yeah, an expanded playoff, then you allow somebody to at least come in and do it. Hey. Yeah, I, I, it's... I just love that interview, because <laughs> it's going to be fun when Paul... Fe- they're going to... Aggies are going to hate Paul Feinbaum from here on out. Oh, man, I can't uh, wait for that either. And I think Texas fans are not going to love him, but no, I think Aggie fans, when they when they start mm-hmm. to like, he's going to cut off the you you're owed anything argument pretty quickly. Well, here's the other part of it too. Paul Feinbaum, who has gone at Texas quite a bit, yeah, he's changing his tune now. I mean, when he talked to Chris Del Conte, it was a totally different conversation. He seemed very engaged and like, okay, Texas is here. I don't have to beat him up near as much as I did before. This is a different conversation now. And then you saw. When Billy Lucci was talking to him, Paul was going back at him like, why, why do you think that, that that is the story? Why is mm. this happening? Why do you believe that so strongly? Why is he drawing his foot in the sand? 
It's because Paul is looking at him like, bro, there's different people coming to the table now. Thank you for being here. You don't hear it with Alabama. You don't hear it with Auburn. You don't hear it with any of these other schools. It's strictly the Texas A&M, Texas rivalry, the one that everybody don't want to talk about. It truly is a rivalry, and that is why Paul Feinbaum is pushing back on Billy Lucci like, no, 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 let's, I've been around, I've been in this SEC area for quite some time. I don't know why you're so like adamant that this is what's going to happen. And that's why Billy was like, uh, Ross, put me in this situation. I, I, I think they should <laughs> just give it to him because Texas doesn't care. If t- they don't, they're the only ones who care. Right, so right. they're the only ones who care. Give it to them. Texas doesn't care. Texas doesn't. CDC's already said, we don't give a damn. Right. We got bigger fish to fry. They're yeah. not even our rival. I will tell they're, you. They're our side piece. We don't give right. a damn. We, we my, worried about your, Oklahoma. Your, your side piece don't call you on holidays. Don't call me on holidays with my family. You are side piece. <laughs> don't ever think you, bad, you better than that. That's, right? why they're so not, was, that's why they're not doing it on yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, side piece. No, so side piece, grab it at your place. It's fine. Matter of fact, we, we don't need to be at my place. All right? Yeah. You're my side piece. We need to be at your place. You don't even know, my, need to know my address. Exactly. So let them have it, dude. Who cares? They're the only ones who care. I, I will say, if you're going to say... You have a choice between either not playing them in your first year or playing them there. That's your two choices. Play them there. Play them there every day of the week. Exactly. You because you play in them in every because you believe you're going to beat in them every yep. damn time yeah. you play them. All right, uh, good discussion there. All right, uh, we'll come back. Uh, a little flex on the other side. We're a little late for it. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. One for the All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. Midweek movie music edition. That's when Patrick plays jams from the soundtrack that uh, are supposed to provide clues and hints to Harge and I that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. Uh, it is time for the Flex, FLXATX.com, FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. You got anything for Flex, Harge? Uh, yes, I do have some things drop for it, Flex. Drop it on the people because uh, I know we're a little late, so we're going to be quick here. Okay, so just remember this, that they have a lot of players that have been getting ready for seven-on-sevens. Uh, Adrian Wilson, who's a big star when we talk about uh, up-and-coming players mm-hmm. that are probably going He's probably he's definitely going to be on the all-flex list. He's on the flex he list. was at the University of Texas when they had their junior days, and he came in for the elite camp, so he's another player to keep a, keep an eye on. Big okay. time player. Just one of Chad's favorite player because we always seen he goes to Weiss. He's the one that's been making all those circus catches. Yes. In the <clears> in the um uh seven oh seven seven oh seven games. He's a player. He was at the University of Texas as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, he came in on a visit. Wide uh, receiver, big time. Okay, and also uh, you can go check out the 707 schedule at flxatx.com. That's up there for you as well. And we do have the Wednesday Night Flex tonight as well. Yep, we? yep, yep, yep. Right, we'll give you details about the Wednesday Night Flex coming up later. Okay, here's my guess about midweek movie music. Okay. Goonies. Yay! Yay! There you go. Good job. Good job. Good job. Yeah! Yes, Goonies came out this day, 1985. Ooh. Nice. Okay. And who's that last? Who's the last artist? Ario Speedwagon. Wow. I def- okay. Okay. But yes, it makes sense. Okay. I was brought to the era for the last couple of songs. So there you go. I, I, know, like I thought it was going to be a random guess. Turns out it was not random. No, it was pretty good. Nope. Dead on. I like that. All right. We'll come back. We'll Goonies. Get, <laughs> we'll get into a response from Rory and also uh, from other players about the PGA merger. Uh, we'll get into that next and discuss more of the reflection on one of the biggest stories in sports. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to put on the horn.